0: Welcome to the Eric
1: Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here. Delighted to have you with me. 877-973-7425 is the phone number. Should you wish to be a part of the program? I would like to start this hour with a phone call from Shannon about what's happening down in Georgia. There is a runoff to decide whether or not the United States Senate will have a power-sharing agreement between the Republicans and the Democrats, or will the Democrats just flat-out control it? It matters for a lot of reasons. One of the biggest is because of the committees. If you're a libertarian, I mentioned this yesterday, but Rand Paul came on a couple of weeks ago, and Rand was pointing out that if the Senate stays 50-50, which it would with Herschel Walker winning, uh, he would be equal to the chair of his committee. There would be a 50-50 split in that committee. So the Republicans, if a Democrat missed a day, could absolutely uh, take control of the committee and shut the agenda down. And in terms of generating votes, the Republicans only need a single Democrat to help them block nominees, help them block legislation. With a 51-49 Senate, if if Raphael Warnock wins, the Democrats control the majority of the committees and no Republicans will have the power to block anything. And it'll be harder to block nominees. It'll be harder to get anything done for Republicans. It'll be harder to obstruct Chuck Schumer. So if you want to stop Joe Biden's agenda and you want to stop Chuck Schumer, you got to go vote for Herschel Walker. However begrudging you may wish to do it, because I realize that some people have an enthusiasm issue there for the candidate quality matter, but you're essentially voting to help the Republicans tie the Democrats in knots by going to vote. Even Barack Obama said that in his speech. I I, I do have to say uh, Obama had a funny line and I'm going to see if I can find it. But before I get there, uh, I want to go to Shannon. Welcome to the program, Shannon. How are
0: you?
2: I'm doing well, Eric. It is so nice to talk to you. I want to commend you on the courage you have to be so vulnerable with all of us that listen to you. I don't always agree with you but i like that about listening to you um i'm your non (laughs) i am your non-stereotypical kind of voter i guess for herschel walker i have been uh, very involved in my county with the GOP, and i've taken the time to go and meet some great and wonderful people and i also i work with women who have been harmed i work with children who have been harmed And as I listen to Herschel Walker, there are certain things about him that I am voting for. I'm not putting my head down. I do like a lot of the bench that we have, but this is a genuine man. And one of the things that I found is I wear my Herschel shirt around when I can. Being on college campus, I don't take my politics into the classroom. I don't even, they can ask me questions, but I just don't bring it to them and we just talk about what we're there to talk about. And when I wear my shirt though, I am amazed by how many people will just ask me, why? Are you sure? Who is this person? And a couple of Fridays, maybe it was last Friday, the question was, what can you do? You can tell people who you're voting for. You can have the courage that I've seen Herschel have on his convictions, on what his beliefs are and i'm not voting for a man i'm voting for a person who can help me have a better america he can help me have a a lower gas i mean gas prices prices, but he's also going to help protect children because i know for the information that is out there or not has not protected children he's not going to protect against those who are seeking to make sure that anybody can be any identity they want. And if you want to follow the science, being a counselor, I wonder why we have forgotten the stages of development. Your name, Erickson, if you look at the stages of development for Erickson, it even shows that when we're allowing people, are allowing children to choose what sex they want to be, that's not the science. I vote for Herschel Walker and I'm voting for him proudly because I believe in my tomorrow.
1: Look, that's very well said, Shannon, and I appreciate you being out there and, and the feedback you're getting out there and talking about it. it. It it being out there and being a volunteer for campaigns. And can I just say this as a honestly, as a nonpartisan note, I don't want to I, I don't want to use either party here to, to ridicule. Being a part of the process can be fun, and being a part of the process can matter. And I honestly, I, well, I've well, i got a dog in the fight. I want the Republicans to be able to tie up the Senate and tie it in knots. And you got to do that by voting for Herschel Walker. I cast my absentee ballot for him the other day. I actually got a text message this morning that my ballot had been received and processed and approved by the Board of Elections, so it will be counted on Election Day. But let me just say this. I, I don't care whether you're voting for Raphael Warnock or for Herschel Walker. Being a part of the process, it's part of our responsibility as an American to be in the process. You may decide you don't want to go vote for either one of these people. I'm not going to tell you to go vote. Tell you why it matters. But I will tell you, just being in the process, being a volunteer for one of these candidates, being a volunteer for the campaign, that's how I got started in politics. I just showed up one day as a college Republican, started working for a guy named Saxby Chambliss. He was running for Congress in 1994, and I was a freshman in college and wanted to help, and got involved in politics and learned how to run campaigns and learned to be involved, and it was rewarding. I I really, I mean this sincerely. Uh, If you're a Democrat, go go find a Democrat you care passionately about and work for their campaign to get them elected. If you're a Republican, go do the same thing. It's good for our society to have us involved. Now there is a caveat here. Don't make it your idol because I see this happen a lot with Democrats and Republicans. You become so much a part of the tribe and the team. You, you resent anyone who wants to hold your side accountable. You, you, you can't s- allow people to speak actual truth. It's got to be catered towards your team. Don't ever get like that so that you can't understand the other side cares passionately too. I believe there are people on the far left and far right who both want to destroy the country we have. I believe there are far-left progressives who really don't like freedom and the free market in this country and what they advocate for would be deeply destructive to America as we know it. But I believe overall, Democrats and Republicans alike just have different policy values, preferences, and differences by which they believe we would be a better country. They don't hate America Either side, they want to make America better. Yeah, there are people on the far left. I, th- I think progressives who want to bring socialism and in the free market and have uh, mandated government controls and like, I think they want to destroy the country. But I think your average run-of-the-mill Democrat out there, he just has a different way of looking at things and what he thinks w- would make the country better, and I don't think they're bad. I don't think they're my enemy. They're just my opponent. I think they're wrong, not evil. And they could view me the same way, wrong, not evil. We just disagree. Um, there are people on the far right, the Nick Fuenteses of the world, who 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 want a white nation. I think they're they're evil. They're not wrong, they're evil. The people who defend and praise and support uh, Nazis and Hitler and make jokes about the Jews in ovens being nothing like bacon cookies, the Fuentes of the world, those are not wrong people. Those are deeply demonic people, and we should avoid them too. But most Americans, by and large, care about the country, regardless of their party. They just disagree on how to do it. Now, I, I found this Barack Obama. Look, I, I don't care who you are. I personally thought this was a funny line worth sharing. If you have a sense of humor, I think you can recognize the humor in a line like this from the former president. MSNBC aired it.
2: Since the last time I was
0: here, <laughs> since the last time I was here, Mr. Walker has been talking about issues that are of great importance to the people of Georgia. Like whether it's better to be a vampire or a werewolf. (laughs) This is a debate that I must confess I once had myself. (laughs) When I was seven. (laughs) I don't care
1: who you are, that's funny. It is funny, and if you can't laugh at that, you you, you don't have a sense of humor. It's funny. <laughs> it does obscure, by the way, the, the point that Herschel Walker was making, which was actually a good point, despite how the media has misaligned it, but that that in and of itself, that statement on the campaign trail, I thought was funny, um, and I do think this election matters, and I, I know a lot of people who are unexcited by the runoff. They think, well... The Democrats already have the Senate. Why bother? Uh, And again, it goes back to the committees. And also it goes to the future, 2024. If you have a 50-seat Republican majority now in two years, you only need one seat to get the majority. If you have a 51-seat Democratic Senate, you need two seats by the Republicans. So you're, you're doing risk mitigation for the future as well. That's why these sorts of things matter. Uh, And and you got to be engaged. Now, as to the actual lay of the land stuff, I can't read this one, y'all. And you got to be careful about the early voting, as we saw in, in the general election, the early voting patterns portended a very good night for the GOP nationwide and in some places like in New York the early voting pattern and the election day patterns were signaling something was coming in the Florida patterns as well the Virginia patterns as well but nationwide it didn't play out that way I mentioned at the beginning of the hour or the beginning of the show today the data from WPA intelligence and it turned out what we were seeing was actually Republican voters going to go vote Democrat by and large. That's what we were seeing in the early voting. And I don't know if we're seeing that now or not. Uh, the voting in Georgia right now for the early vote, it is not necessarily record-setting, but it's pretty massive for a runoff. And unlike 2021, the voters turning out are much older, and there are more Republicans turning out than 2021, which is a good sign. Republicans are turning out. But again, Herschel Walker underperformed, Brian Kemp in the GOP by uh, 9%. So are those Republicans coming out to vote Republican or are those Republicans coming out to vote for Warnock? I don't know, but they're coming out. Uh, The voters lean old. There's also a higher number of black voters. I assume those black voters are coming to vote Democrat, but I don't know because the data in Georgia has been mixed. What I know is that uh, the Republicans have put a ground game on the team that outperforms Stacey Abrams. And what I know is that uh, Raphael Warnock has brought in a lot of -of out-of-state workers to help him So they're all working. They're all turning out the vote. The vote is turning out the way both sides want the vote to turn out. But I just keep going back to Walker's underperformance in the general election, and that makes me think Warnock has an edge. I just don't know. I'm not going to call this race. We'll find out on Tuesday night. There are things from the data of voters voting right now that should encourage both sides, and both sides have to keep up and keep turning out their voters. Because, yes, it's cliche, but, yes, it matters. Turnout matters. Let's pause and just talk about what's going on in the country for a moment. We got sky-high inflation. We got runaway government spending. Trust in Washington is completely eroded. When government is this dysfunctional, you got to change the course in the country. You know you have to. That's why I'm excited about the work Americans for Prosperity is doing. They're focused on policy solutions that actually improve people's lives, unlike so many in D.C., who just want to play political football and have power. Americans for Prosperity doesn't just come up with solutions. They act on those solutions. They have the largest network of community activists in the country. They are out there every day talking to millions of their fellow Americans. If you're interested in seeing how you can get started with Americans for Prosperity in your community, visit americansforprosperity.org slash eric today. That's americansforprosperity.org slash eric, E-R-I-C-K. All righty. Welcome back eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be on the program, Tom, how are
2: you? Welcome. Hey, this is Tom Cullen. I just wanted to thank you for your faithfulness to the truth and your faithfulness in the Truth Giver. And mention the fact that uh Herschel Walker's reputation has been tarnished by Warnock by using a, an interview on CNN. In 2012, I think it was, when he was interviewed about his book on mental health. And it was a testimony to his commitment to improving mental health. And then the second item I wanted to say is Georgia will prove itself as a state free from systemic racism because everybody voting in this election will be voting for a black man.
1: (laughs) You know, I've gotten several emails from that, uh, Tom. I'm glad you said that. It is a point worth noting that in the state of Georgia, the nominees for the United States senator are both uh, black men. In South Carolina, where the Civil War started, the Democrats nominated a black female, the Republicans nominated a black man, and the black man, Tim Scott, won re-election. There is real progress on race relations happening in this country. And when you get offline in particular and out of the media, you see it, you feel it, you hear it. And people are less and less likely in this country, I think, to judge people by race. And one of the things that is happening is the loudest voices in the room are again dwelling on race because they're out of they they're out of anything else to say in the country they they've made all their money on on racial animosity in the country and as people stop judging each other by the color of their skin but judge people by the content of their character and the quality of their character martin luther king jr wanted uh, the race hustlers of america on the left and the right white and black I mean, look at look at people like Nick Quintez and 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 others. Look at the the whole Stephen Wolf controversy and his book on Christian nationalism. I e, 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 this country is moving beyond all that, and that's a good thing. I do wonder when Kanye West recommends reading that book. Uh, let's move on from that before I get myself in trouble. We do need to talk about the economy real quick. This is from CNBC
0: finally the labor force participation rate moving in the wrong direction this is not good 62.1 62.1 uh that equals uh the low mark which was in july also at 62.1 on a recent basis if you go back in the last year we had 61.6 61.4 actually in january of 2020 so when you look at it in the context of 2022 it's a big disappointment
1: It is a big disappointment. So there's a weird problem happening in this country that no one can seem to figure out. Where are all the workers going? The data suggests a lot of early retirements, that people decided to retire and not come back in. And a lot of kids, younger people are staying in school. We're in population decline to a degree as well. And so we don't have workers, qualified workers in particular to fill a lot of jobs. And that's going to have economic problems in this country. And of course, the usual suspects are already out there saying, "Well, if we just open the borders, if we open the borders, everything will be fine. We'll we'll be able to take care of this." And I don't necessarily think that's the answer. Uh, I look, I am a proponent of of more immigration to this country of qualified and skilled workers, uh, as long as they don't come from China these days, unless they're fleeing Chinese communist persecution. Too many of them, I think, are coming over here with the encouragement of the Chinese government and eventually go back. We shouldn't do that, but we're going to have to come up with some way to find more workers for this country. It is one of the weird side effects of the inflation dynamic is that a part of the reason we're seeing inflation is companies are having to pay much higher wages to incentivize people either coming back to work from retirement or getting new people to come into the office who otherwise aren't working, they're in college and they're incentivizing people to out. Major companies in the country right now, including, I think I read uh, Walmart, Delta, and, and several others, IBM, are ditching college requirements for more jobs. Used to have to have a college degree to get into certain sectors of the economy and certain uh, departments of major corporations, not anymore. These companies are saying they need all the workers they can get and they're taking life experience over college degree just to be able to fill positions. If we can't get a handle on the labor crisis, and we do have a labor force participation shortage in this country, and it's becoming a crisis, we're going to have more and more problems, and we're not going to be able to get rid of inflation uh, barring a major economic meltdown. The Fed is still going to raise interest rates uh, in the coming month, probably not as much as they were. On top of that, Pending home sales are starting to crash. They're down 37% year over year, the largest decline on record. The economy is starting to go wobbly and slow down. More and more layoffs are starting to happen. Uh, We got problems out there in the country right now economically, and... Uh, we'll see how successful the Democrats can be at blaming Republicans. Typically not. The president gets the blame, and what's happening is what was predicted, even as Joe Biden tells people his economy is rebounding, which it isn't. When we come back, we got to talk about Sam Bateman fried and the media scam. The holidays are the most exciting time of the year, and if you want to enjoy them to the fullest, you need to get the best night's sleep ever, which is why you should be sleeping under Bolin Branch sheets. They're made of the finest 100% organic cotton threads on earth. And I got to tell you, I was on my front porch the other night. I'm just going to go off the script they gave me and tell you. uh, Convinced a friend of mine through this ad, you're hearing right now, to buy them. And he said he and his wife got them, and she couldn't believe he paid for Bowling Branch sheets. They're not that expensive. He took advantage of the deal. But she's like, oh, sheets like this, they must be super expensive. They're not. And then she was like, really? That was after the first wash. Now they've had them for two years, and he says they are the softest sheets ever. Every wash, they get softer and softer. I'm telling you, he's a believer, and now his wife's like, can't we buy Bowling Branch for every bed in the house? And he's like, we can, and they're going to because they're the best sheets. So here now with Christmas, it's time to take advantage of this incredible deal 25% off site-wide plus free shipping when you use the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlinBranch.com. That's BolandBranch B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. Promo code ERIC. Offer ends December 4th. Like my friend who's a preacher. Yes, they get softer every wash. They're the best sheets you will own. BowlinBranch.com. Promo code ERIC. Offer ends December 4th. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. I got to play you somebody here. This is actually a rather lengthy. It is Ron DeSantis answering some questions about the state of play. I want to get to this before I get to the Sam Bateman Freed stuff on which i got a lot to say but you need to hear this audio
0: we we understand but but i also got twenty two million others and we like to look out for everybody and so we're focusing on on getting things done doing our job and that's what we're gonna continue to do i think the election it was interesting you know we we knew we were going to do well because we worked hard you know we delivered a good message we had a lot of enthusiasm um, and we saw it not just in places like miami-dade which you know was historic but place like Palm Beach, which is even more historic. I mean, it's been almost 40 years since a Republican governor candidate has been able to carry that county. And so you see that. um, And, of course, we had a lot of great people running in the legislature and the Senate, um, and those have been big, big majorities. And so... We knew it. We saw it on even just the early vote came in. We were winning Dade uh, going away. Uh, And so they call the race. We see good stuff. It gets into 9 o'clock. I I give the speech, and I go back afterwards, and and some of my folks were like, Governor, this is not a red wave. I was like, what are you talking about? This is not a red wave. This is a 20-point. When have we ever seen it? No, no, no. Florida is a big win, but the rest of the country, we are not seeing... Uh, really good performance uh, fr- from a lot of these these Republicans. They, they're like, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to win the Senate. The House is going to be very close. You know, we assumed we were going to end up with like 245 House members. We're at 222, it looks like, which is a huge underperformance. And so, you know, the question is, is, you know, why did that happen? Because the way these midterms work Someone gets elected to the White House, and then there's a reaction the other way. That's what happens almost every every two years. And especially when people are pessimistic about the direction of the country, have a negative view on Biden, uh, usually those voters are going to want to vote for people that are offering an alternative. And yet some of those voters throughout the country, not in Florida, but throughout the country, even though they disapproved of Biden, even though they disapproved of the direction of the country, they still didn't want to vote, um, you know, for some of our candidates. So I don't think it's a question necessarily being divided as a party. I think it's like, okay, how do you run and win majorities? And I think what we've done in Florida is we've shown that that we've exercised leadership. Uh, We've not kowtowed. Uh, We've been willing to take on big interests when, I mean, look, just look at the environment, what we did coming in. Um, Look at what we've done with some of these other things. But producing results and then that ends up attracting more people to want to be be on your team and so that was not something that was happening you know throughout the rest of the country but i think that we really showed i think how it's done in the state of florida and if you look about uh you know how we how we performed uh you know we no governor republican has ever gotten a higher percentage of the vote in florida history than we got in 2022 so
1: Listen, uh, that's that's a bit of audio that speaks for itself. DeSantis was able to do something in Florida and connect with non-white voters, Democratic voters, independent voters in a way a lot of Republicans around the country didn't. And we know from the WPA intelligence polling that Republicans wound up splitting their ticket more than the Democrats did. More Republicans were willing to vote Democrat, than Democrats were willing to vote Republican. The state with the least ticket splitting was Florida for the Republicans and the highest ticket splitting for Democrats. Democrats in Florida uh, split their ticket. Democrats in Florida voted for Ron DeSantis and Val Deming um, and Republicans stayed uh, with DeSantis and Rubio. And in Florida that helped carry them both over the finish line with double digit win margins. But nationwide, it was the opposite, where Republicans split their ticket more, and Republicans need to ask themselves why. Um, you know what I think, but in any event, you got you got to figure this out. Now, I got to say something about the Sam Bankman Freed stuff. I don't want to bore you with the FTX stuff. It's a complicated subject that has ended in tragedy for a lot of Americans and others who have lost life savings. I am fascinated, however, by the media reaction to this guy. I want to play you some audio that has been put together. It is a media montage of American media news outlets, particularly from CNBC, praising the CEO of FTX, Sam Bankman Freed who is now under investigation as millions of Americans or millions of people around the world it seems, hundreds of thousands at least, have had their savings wiped out.
2: Sam Bankman-Fried is really becoming the industry's lifeline during a crisis lately. I'm fascinated, endlessly fascinated with Sam Bankman-Fried's role in all of this.
0: You've been now described as the JP Morgan, if you will, of the crypto business. A lot
2: of people called you um, the savior of crypto, the patron saint of crypto. The Michael Jordan of crypto, if you will. Sam Bankman-Fried. <laughs> Bankman Sam Bankman-Fried, the J.P. Morgan Bankman of- Sam SBF, JPM. Do you know SBF? I think it's cool that the guy has just initials, uh, SBF. Some on Twitter calling him the hero right now of the industry. There's comparisons to Warren Buffett back in the financial crisis. Or if you go way back, J.P. Morgan in the panic of 1907, bailing out the banks before the Fed was even created.
0: Sam Bankman-Fried is trying to play the role of J.P. Morgan. Uh,
1: the
2: original jp morgan one key figure we've talked about has emerged to help stabilize the ecosystem that is sam bankman freed we talk about him a lot yes. sam bankman fried free is he the
0: jay gould of our era or is he the jp morgan of our era? i think it's yet to be determined yet to be determined is he, the, is he vanderbilt he could be is he harriman possibly is he the credit mobiliar scandal see carnegie the aforementioned
2: 29-year-old gazillionaire, FTX founder and CEO Sam Bankman-Fried. I love you, Sam. I'm just jealous. Uh, It's nothing, nothing against you. The CEO, though, lives a relatively understated life for a billionaire. He drives a Toyota Corolla to FTX's offices in the Bahamas. He lives with 10 roommates and a golden doodle named Gopher.
1: I can stop it there. It goes on for another little while. You get the hint, and now suddenly you heard Jim Cramer repeatedly praising the guy, calling him the J.P. Morgan of crypto, and now there's this from Jim Cramer now.
0: That guy is a clueless idiot. Intent means nothing. Saying sorry means nothing. If you co-mingled, if you had no record-keeping, those are against the law. It's not like they're like, you know what, I was sloppy, and I feel bad, and I'm sorry. No, you were sloppy. You didn't keep records illegal. All right. So if you're admitting to illegality, even though you think that you had no intent, the U.S. attorney does not care one whit about 10. What the U.S. attorney cares about is did you break the law? Like you don't go to the U.S. attorney and say, man, I'm really sorry. I I didn't even hurt anybody. No, it's against the law.
1: Okay, now we know. Here's the problem. Multiple independent reporters who run Substacks and others began looking into FTX a while back and realized there were problems. The claims and the math did not add up. And when those small-time Substack writers went to outlets like CNBC and Bloomberg and the like, they were turned away because FTX was a major sponsor of these groups events, Sam Bankman fried was in high demand by the reporters fawning over him to call Sam Bankman fried on CNBC, the JP Morgan of crypto, and then have it revealed by independent non CNBC journalists that he was a huckster and fraud makes the network look bad. It was all damage control. Let me put this in particular perspective for you. CNBC is undergoing, not CNBC rather, CNN is undergoing massive layoffs. They're shutting down HLN headline news. They're getting rid of Robin Mead's Morning Express show. Frankly, they should be putting Robin Mead in charge of the CNN morning show and getting rid of the Don Lemon show. CNN is undergoing massive restructuring. Frankly, CNN should take the video feed of my show and put it on noon to three. It'd be vastly more informative than some of their HLN coverage. The New York Times is struggling. Washington Post is shutting down its Sunday magazine. Parade magazine, you're all familiar with that. It's an inserted magazine inside Sunday editions of newspapers. It's gone out of business. The Recount, a, a liberal news outlet, has just gone out of business. Politico has just shut down one of its tech verticals. The media is struggling. One of the ways the media has decided to monetize itself is through conferences and events. One of the big sponsors of some of these conferences and events was a company called FTX. One of the hot commodities to get on stage at their events, Sam Bankman Freed, the now disgraced CEO. The New York Times did an event last night and at the New York Times event last night, Sam Bankman Freed appeared. The event was called, oh, what was it called? Deal Summit deal summon. Now he had previously been invited to appear even before the charges uh, before the allegations came out he still appeared he's been doing his damage control interviews they applauded him here's what we know Uh, FTX had been a subsidiary of a company called Alameda Research FTX got spun off to its own company Sam Bankman fried owned both He put his girlfriend in charge of Alameda Research, and he became in charge of FTX, which operated as a cryptocurrency exchange where you could exchange your crypto for actual currency or other cryptocurrency. And Alameda Research was allowed to trade on the FTX platform and was given waivers from the rules others had to play by. Over time, Alameda Research had been playing on the FTX Exchange a lot and had a lot of loans, was making a lot of money, began losing the money. And other people whose money was put on FTX saw their money being sent over to Alameda Research to pay Alameda Research's loans. There was poor bookkeeping. A lot of this was nebulously, willfully done, to make it hard to figure out what was going on, but essentially people who put their money on FTX saw their money being passed to Sam bateman frieds Alameda Research to pay off Alameda Research's loans so Sam bateman frieds money wasn't touched. Your money was used to pay his loans. And they knew it and they did it and they thought they could get away with it until cryptocurrency began collapsing, which brought down both of Sam bateman frieds companies. He now lives in the Bahamas in his condo that he shared with 10 others and his dog. Guess what? Turns out he doesn't know how it happened. The condo's in his parents' name. Surprise! The kid has gone on, and he's not a kid. He's a grown-ass man, but he looks like a kid with his disheveled appearance and his soft voice. And he goes on television and says, I don't know how it happened. I'm just a dumb kid. I got cocky. He's an MIT graduate with a major in physics and a minor in mathematics. He's not a dumb kid. He's playing dumb. He put his polyamorous girlfriend, and she bragged about her polyamory, in charge of Alameda Research. While they were shacking up, they did insider dealings, waived the rules for themselves, lost a whole lot of other people's money. They're like, we don't know what happened. It wasn't fraud. We don't really know. We were young and foolish. And we put our big condo in my mommy and daddy's name so you can't take it from me. There's fraud, and the media is applauding the guy. The New York Times is applauding the guy. George Stephanopoulos is giving him the softball interview. What do you think happened, Sam? Why did you do this, Democratic donor Sam? And thank you for helping the Democrats, but why? Stephanopoulos said it was like a therapy session for their interview. You gave him a pass, and now the Democrats are like, we thank you for being honest about what happened, Sam. Please come testify before us, those of us whose money we use to get ourselves reelected, and thank you for the loan, Sam. Will you come talk to us, please? And he's doing the PR team, and the lawyers say we shouldn't be doing these PR interviews, but we're doing them anyway. It's all part of a PR scam. He invites George Stephanopoulos to the Bahamas to hang out with him and his parents in his condo that's actually in his parents' name. Does a therapeutic interview to do the, I'm just so dumb, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was in over my head interviews. U.S. Attorney isn't going to care, but why hasn't he been indicted yet? When will the indictment come? If it does not come, it's another sign the Biden administration is protecting their own. He was the second biggest Democratic donor, the biggest for 2022. But to see the reporters not outraged, these reporters who are asking him the questions, these same reporters are more outraged. Ron DeSantis has not given a full-throated denouncement of Donald Trump having dinner with Kanye West. Screw those of you who lost money. What does Ron DeSantis think about this, and why hasn't he condemned it? These same reporters are more outraged by Republicans not standing up to Donald Trump than they are a man taking the life savings of hundreds of thousands of people and using it to pad his own accounts. It's absolutely, ridiculously frustrating. Let me read you this tweet from Maxine Waters and uh, the House Committee on Financial Services. Sam... We appreciate that you've been candid in your discussions about what happened at FTX. Your willingness to talk to the public will help the company's customers, investors, and others. To that end, we would welcome your participation in our hearing on the 13th. That's from this morning from Maxine Waters and the House Committee on Financial Services. They'd welcome his participation. Why aren't they subpoenaing him? He's an American citizen. Maybe may in the Bahamas he's an American, make him come home and answer, why did he take a whole lot of his customers' money and send it to his other company to pay off their debts? That's not ignorance, that's fraud. And the House Committee on Financial Services treating their top donor with kid gloves is part of the problem. And these media companies that are going out of business and transitioning to events to pad their bottom line, don't you think they can hold people like him accountable? All they can do is puff up these people and then run when they collapse, even though they're the ones who help build them up. It's a scam. We've all got to exercise better discernment in who we can trust these days. You cannot trust the American business press anymore. It's very clear. They need these guys to stay afloat. And when they go down, they don't want to be taken with them. After all, reputation is nothing if you can't meet your payroll. You can meet the demands of cleaning up the air in your house by going to EdenPureDeals.com, putting Eric3 in on the front of that website, and getting three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. You will clean the air in your house, it eliminates odors. You can put them in your car if a car stinks or a hotel room if it's musty. It wipes out the odors. You can plug it in with a USB cord or you can plug it directly into the wall. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You get three of them with a the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. It is an air purifier. It'll tr- capture the dust and the pollen floating in the air. You wipe it out, it's filterless. But I use it as an odor eliminator. It gets rid of cooking odors. It gets rid of uh, smoke odors. It gets rid of pet odors, litter box odors, musty odors. You get three of them, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your travel travel bag like me or your RV, whatever you need it for, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200. You get free shipping. It's EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code ERIC3. Welcome back. I sure hope that you will text the word data to 33777 and click that first link. Uh, subscribe to the daily email, get the show notes. Uh, You can be the most informed person in your circle of friends. If you do, get a 15% discount to boot if you click that link. But I have to tell you by demand, not request. It really has been demand. I'm going to send back out my cinnamon roll recipe if you're on the subscription list for the recipes. So if you text recipe, R-E-C-I-P-E, no S on the end. It's singular, not plural, recipe. To 33777, I'm going to send you my recipe for cinnamon rolls. I made them last weekend, and I've been overwhelmed by people saying, please, please send the recipe. Send the recipe. I will send the recipe. It's It actually is easy if you just follow the instructions. It does take a little while to do, but it is so worth it in the end. It makes 12 delicious cinnamon rolls. Text RECIPE to 33777. I will talk to you guys on Monday. Have a fantastic, wonderful weekend. I'm going to go hit golf balls.